The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. From the Philadelphia Eagles to the Kansas City Chiefs, a former University of Alabama standout, once known as the Mighty Mouse, number 29, Mark McMillan! And also we have Mr. BNE, the man in the middle. From the Philadelphia Eagles, Mr. Byron Evans. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters, put them up, tighten up, we some hard hitters. Mark McMillan, my man Byron Evans, we give you a reason to tune in every Friday evening. Ain't nobody leaving, if this question finish, we're bringing the cutting edge. Sports season, Philly's alone, show them how it's done, we're on, forceamericasports.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is uh, Jay from uh, Out of Bounds filling in for Mark McMillan and Byron Evans today. Uh, they can't be with us, so uh, you, you get me for an hour. So how's, how's everybody doing out there? Um, like to thank Mark McMillan for uh, letting me come in today. Um, he's out doing his thing and whatnot. So, um, man, got a lot of football to talk about this week. There's so much going on with the NFL and with uh, college football. We're going to definitely touch upon that LSU-Alabama game uh, when Matt calls in, but it's uh, definitely not one of the only uh, one of the only good college games we got going on. The SEC, we know we know Mac is always preaching about how good the SEC is and, you know, they they they're they're up there and they they actually have another top 10 matchup this week with uh, number 10 South Carolina and number 8 Arkansas that uh that I'm kind of looking forward to. So, um you see how the Razorback quarterback Tyler Wilson comes into that and see how Alshon Jeffrey plays into that too. So, uh really good game there and then uh we also have the uh number 4 Oklahoma State against number 19 Kansas State. That's going to be a good Big 12 game. Which it's really weird for me to say Oklahoma State number four in the nation because I I grew up with the Big Twelve coming from Nebraska, so that's a little bit strange for me to see Oklahoma State up that high. But they're probably going to stay up there because Kansas State they got ran off the field by Oklahoma last week. Uh, in case any of you guys saw that game, and I actually think Oklahoma State's offense is probably a little bit more powerful than uh, Oklahoma's with uh, Brandon Whedon, Joseph Randall, and Justin Blackman. So. Uh, those are some of the games that uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, catching this weekend. Um, we also have Michigan and Iowa, um, our very own, sorry, Byron, I got to mention this. We got our very own Arizona State Sun Devils this week, uh, travel out to L.A. We play UCLA in a big Pac-12 South game. Um, so we'll see. Uh, right now we're in the driver's seat for that Pac-12 championship game. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we got two road games in a row here. Um, and I think that we have some big news coming up for the ASU U of A week with ESPN's road trip. Uh, we will keep you up to date on that, uh, as soon as I hear from my boy Jonathan Drubner. Uh, what's up, Drubs? Uh, he's the host, him and Nikki Noto of ESPN's road trip. Good friends. Good. Drubner's a good friend of mine. So, uh, hopefully we will have the ESPN road trip in ESPN U. 
crew out here for that week. We'll keep you up to date on that. So um, I think in a little bit somewhere we may have Ray Ellis coming in the studio to help join me. Um, keep me a little bit of company since I am without my partner, Chelsea, uh, my feisty little co-host from Out of Bounds. She is, uh, she's not with me today, so I'm kind of taking this, taking this on my own for, for, uh, for the first time. So, um, you know, here we are, hard hitting radio. Mark McMillan, you know how he does it. He's got all his, you know, this man is out there pounding the pavement. For all of his found, for his foundation, uh, for autism, um, he's out there with junior rank doing his thing, uh, getting some of the best student athletes in the country to be in the junior rank all star uh, all star game that's going to be here in January. Uh, that's going to be televised, I believe, by CBS, and um, that's you're going to be hearing a lot more about this especially here in Arizona coming up in the next couple months because this is a big deal it's you know it's the marines are a part of this and it's it's a very it's a very very big deal and it's it's been great to watch this grow from the beginning since you know since Marcus brought it brought it to our attention and just watching it go from ground up to be where this is going to be one of the top high school all american games in the country and um, there's some other really cool, exciting news with other, uh, um, a couple other high school All-American games that you guys will be able to to check out and see. Um, but you know, just be on be on the lookout with Mark, and he he'll have he has major news for this. So, um, what else does Mark have coming up? Uh, it looks like in December he's going to be going up uh, to Vegas to hit a little golf tournament up there, uh, the Hip Hop Golf Classic. Um, he's going to be at the first annual uh, James Mark Hip Hop Golf Classic up in Vegas. So, uh, you know, Mark he likes to golf. I don't, I don't know if he's any good. But I know he likes to golf, so you know I don't know. Byron, can can you let us know somewhere if he's good? So, but uh, you know, other than that, you know, let's let's talk a little uh, NFL. We got some definite big games coming up this weekend. Um, uh, probably one of the bigger rivalries in the NFL happens this Sunday. Um, we have the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night, and that I love watching this game. I mean. I'm a Bronco fan, so you know neither neither one of these two teams I like very well. But you know when when you're when you're looking at just pure NFL physical get down to it, it's it's these two teams. They 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 dislike each other, but it's kind of with a respect, and it's it's just a great it's just a great game to watch. Um, and I'm and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we also have, you know, I got to mention for uh, my Broncos, and we will talk about Tim Tebow. They have the Oakland Raiders this week, and Tim Tebow will be getting another start in this game. Um, don't quite know how I feel about that. Actually, I do know how I feel about that. Um, a lot of people out there, you guys love Tim Tebow. Everybody wants Tim Tebow jerseys and this and this. And I, from the beginning... He's not the dude for me. I, I don't think he's an NFL-style quarterback. I don't think that um, – I, I just don't think he's going to be the guy that leads not just the Denver Broncos, but anybody to an, an NFL title of any sort. And I, I just don't think he can make it as a quarterback. You just – you really saw that in the game this week against Detroit. And he – just his throwing motion, his decision-making, his – 
balls, you know, the balls were flying all over the football field. It, it's funny. I, I made a joke on my Facebook that on Monday, on Halloween, I dressed up as Tim Tebow. And when kids were coming to the front door, I was throwing the candy over their heads. And, you know, that that's kind of how it went. But then one of the kids' parents caught the candy and ran it all the way back 100 yards to his house. So that's that's kind of what I what I think of Tim Tebow. And we'll get we'll get uh, we'll definitely get uh, Max opinion on Tim Tebow coming from the Southeast Conference and seeing what he what he has to say about that. Um, Also, this week we have coming up uh, a good Monday night football game. We have hold on one second here. There we go. We got Chicago at Philadelphia, and I'll tell you what, Philadelphia this week, they came out, and Andy Reid, I have to give this guy credit, because there isn't anybody in the NFL that's better coming off a bye week than this guy. I believe Chelsea told me today that he was 13-0 and coming off bye weeks, and I think this team for the rest of the season this we are now going to see the Philadelphia Eagles be who we thought they were going to be you know both offensively but 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 more more defensively you know they're changing they're changing that defensive scheme up a little bit and i think you're going to see the defensive backs, you know, they're going to be playing more man to man than a zone, and that's what Namdi, it, you know, that's what he does, and Asante, that you know, that's what he does, and you know, this this is going to be a different Philadelphia Eagle team for the whole entire second half of the season, and I think you're also going to, I think, I think you're also going to see a little bit more involvement from Desha- Deshaun Jackson. I know he's been, he's had a really quiet season, and I think. A lot of teams are focusing on him, but what the Eagles showed last week is if you take our outside away with Macklin and and Deshaun Jackson, we're going to kill you with Shady McCoy. And he'll run for 185 yards all day long if you keep doing that, and something's going to have to change with these defenses. And not only that, but Michael Vick was killing them in the middle. You know, Brent Selleck had a good game, and, you know, Jason Avant was out there. So I think that you are going to see the Philadelphia Eagles that and I'm not necessarily the dream team part of it but I think you're going to see them play exactly how they are supposed to play and this I'm t- I'll say right now that the Giants are in first place right now in the NFC East but I think when you come down to it the Eagles are going to be right there they're going to win the division I don't think Dallas can hold them off Washington, they had fun at the beginning of the year, but I think they they are who they are now, and I I just don't think the Giants are going to be able to hold them off. So I I like watching the Philadelphia Eagles, and it it doesn't have anything to do with Chelsea, and it doesn't have anything to do with Mark McMillan. They're just a fun team to watch, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the second half of the season goes. Um, you have two teams also playing um in two different games for the uh, Andrew Luck Bowl. Uh, we got the Miami Dolphins going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Miami's one of those teams that I I I just don't know if they can win a game this year, you know. So they're they're in there, and I think Kansas City's playing. You know, they started off zero and three, and I I got to give Todd Haley a lot of credit because people were saying oh, he didn't have his team ready. They're zero and three. They're the worst team, and you know they've gone from a playoff team to this. Man, I think I think you got to be careful because of the Kansas City Chiefs because. Todd Haley has that team playing right now, so 
they believe that they're going to win these games. And that beating the Chargers on Monday Night Football like that, that was huge for this team. And they have, they've done a really good job of coming out, doing what they need to do. They lose, they lose their best offensive player in Jamal Charles for the season. They lost probably their second, probably, well, maybe their third weapon in Tony Moiaki as the tight end. And then they lose their best defensive player in Eric Berry. And everybody thought that they were done. I said it at the beginning of this week. I can see the Kansas City Chiefs ending up winning this division. And I know it sounds silly for the way that they started, but you know, I don't I don't see the Raiders being able to do it, and obviously Denver's not gonna do it. Um I, I don't know anymore if something's wrong in San Diego. And something's wrong with Phillip Rivers, the offensive system, something's going on there. And I don't I don't think that they're the team I, I see two teams going in opposite directions. The Chiefs, everybody thought they were going to be terrible. They seem to be coming on okay, and they picked them picked themselves up a good running back with Jackie Battle. And then I also see the Chargers, who started off good, which they don't normally do, but I see them digressing as the season goes on. So uh, that's that's going to be one of those things. So I think Kansas City hands Miami another another big loss, and then we have uh, Atlantic going to Indianapolis and. Uh, a little bit of, a little bit of news coming out of Indianapolis with Peyton Manning. They're not going to put him on the IR. They want to keep him around so, you know, he can practice at the end of the season. And um, I think I think that's really important. But I think right now they are the they're the front runners to get Andrew Luck. Um, I don't I don't see them doing anything uh, anything different as far as being able to win or lose a game. Um, it's. It's it's amazing to me, and I know when we were on the show a couple weeks ago that we talked about this, that one man can make that much of a difference to a team to where they can't they can't pull anything off. So I think you're coming down to those two teams, the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City or uh the Indianapolis Colts fighting for Andrew Luck. But I think a lot of people they don't know this yet. Maybe Andrew Luck, he could have come out last year and been the first pick in the draft. But he didn't. He doesn't even have to come out this year if he doesn't want or like the position he's going to be in because he's a fourth-year junior. He can't come back. Speaking of coming back, we just had somebody come back in the studio. Mr. Uh, Ray Ellis, how you doing, sir? Hey, Jay, how are you, man? I'm doing all right, just kind of holding things down over here. Talking a little Peyton Manning, huh? Yeah, you know, we got into that a little bit. He had a little, he, talk, he actually finally talked to the media this week, you know? Yeah, you know, and, and what, I, what I like about Peyton is... is when he addressed the media, he's very savvy, and and certainly he wanted people to understand that hey, I'm I'm taking the Colts organization into consideration here as well. Yeah. So uh, an evaluation maybe sometime next month will give them a chance to take a look at me to see how healthy I am, uh, to see what my future might be as a professional football player here with the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, he already is under contract, so it would be with the Colts, but you know he's. When he said that, it was like, okay, the door might be open that they certainly should strongly consider drafting somebody because of, of my health. Right. And and he, I don't think he has to tell them that. I, I really believe how, with the seriousness of this injury that it would be insane for them not to draft a quarterback. 100% agree. Because they've already proven what they have on the team is not going to be suffice right. to making them to be the, the competitor they've been in the past few years. But 
I, I still just, you, you know, like you and like everybody else, I, I can't believe that one person can make that much I, it, of a that difference. That just amazes in me. A football. He doesn't play every position. No, on not the team. at all. He doesn't coach the team. It is interesting, though, when you look at in terms of coaching, uh, and I'm kind of going in a different direction just to come back to where I just came from. Um, when Sean Payton wasn't on the sidelines, you know, and has not been on the sidelines with the Saints, it's really affected the yeah, play of that team. It sure has. And, and a team that we thought was so such an oil machine, all of a sudden it's kind of coming apart. Right. Because the presence of the coach down on the field is not there. Even though he's up in the booth, he, he's it's not, not there. the same thing. And, and it's a different comfort level that you have. And, and, and so he's showing how important he is being on the field. You know, as I always like to say, and other people say differently, he, he's managing the game on the field. That's what a coach yep. does. Yep. I, I, quarterbacks don't manage games. So his managerial skills being upstairs as opposed to downstairs has affected that team. And we've seen that fall apart in the last couple of weeks. And, and with Peyton, it's just, I believe that the organization itself, they, they need to take a look at how they're structured and how they're wired and, and how their processes are in place because with this happening with one person, and even though it's the quarterback, with him going down and the team just falling apart at a year where I think the Colts might have thought they had a chance to, to, to win the division and yeah. maybe well, host that Super Bowl right there at home. Well, I mean, if you look at it, the same players that were there last year, yes, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're there. You know, there's no oh, exactly like almost the, the only they didn't go out and 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 feels that they had to rebuild this team. This was a team they put. They thought they had a competitive product on the field like they normally did. Yeah, I think it's about. Do we skip that break? I didn't know. I think we I, usually I had I I didn't have anybody coming in let me know there was a break. Ah, thing. you go ahead. You should. I think we should go ahead and take a break like we normally do at this. Time. Hey, let's let's go ahead and take a break. We'll <laughs> we'll come back and hit these Colts right for right quick, and then we'll talk about Tim Tebow. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
What's up? We're back with Hard Hitting Radio. You got uh, Jay over here and uh, Ray Ellis. We were uh, just talking about the Indianapolis Colts and their their situation right now and how it's it's just hard to believe that there's one player that can make that type of a difference. And we were mentioning they have the same players that were on the team last year. You, you got Reggie Wayne. You have Pierre Garçon. You have Dallas Clark. You have Joseph Adai. You know, the, the only player on defense you're really missing was Bob Sanders and he oh, barely been gone for a while. Really, well, yeah, really. He's been, yeah. yeah. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't really been a part of that team, and it's I can't even explain it because I've never seen anything well, I, like you know, that. Here's what I think. You know, there are so many factors in a football game that perhaps maybe when when the average fan probably sits and watches it, they don't really you know pay close attention to it. And you know, so many things that you want to take in consideration: field position. You know, uh, first down, what they do on first down, what happens on second down, you know, what happens on third down. You want to take all those things in consideration because the team has tendencies based upon where the ball is, where the field position is. And, and when Peyton's out of the game, then all those variations are affected because yeah. the field position, as a matter of fact, you know, a lot of times when he was in there, maybe they wouldn't score, but they, at least they drive down, they get a field goal. And they keep oh. that defense off the field, you too. See, they keep the defense off the field. And so what might be happening now is is, is the defense might be exposed now that Peyton isn't in there. Maybe right, the defense right. wasn't as good as everybody thought it was because of the fact that, you know, they were at an advantage based upon field position. Right. And so all those things are taken into effect now. Now the offense, now I, I would not go as far as saying that maybe that offense, those offensive weapons that they have uh, are not as good as they were perceived to be when Peyton was there because I think they are. But again, if Reggie Wayne, to be Reggie Wayne, right. he has to have a quarterback that can get the ball to exactly. him. The same with Pierre Garçon. Uh, the running game is uh, perhaps maybe a little suspect because I, the offensive line should still be able to block. Right, exactly. You know, mano on mano, open some holes up, and Joseph Adai should, should be able to move the ball down the field. I I, I think Joseph Joseph Adai is not the same running back he was two years ago. Well, again, and, the passing you know, game, play action pass, all that uh, yeah, stuff. You know, yeah. all that helps. You know, you know, the, the faking the run, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you really are handing the ball off. You know, you, you've got these two weapons on the outside, and Dallas Clark, you know, at tight end. Uh, so you're concerned about the pass, which does open up the run, you know. So all those things have to be taken in consideration. But again, the fact that that one person, you know, he does so much for that team. And, and the fact that the second person and even the third person and even the fourth person, if there is one out there that would come in and be the fourth quarterback on that roster, uh, cannot master and move that team the way Peyton does. Is it's just really mind-boggling because I've heard somebody say, you know, you know, Peyton Manning has proved that uh, he's the most valuable player, even more so than when he played, because of the fact that he isn't playing, and and that could possibly be yeah. true. You know, he's certainly shown that the contract that he received, uh, that if he were healthy, he, he would be deserving it. of it. But being injured, <laughs> you know, well, you know, I take that I'm back so to sure. remember when Brady went out in Game One, Matt Castle came in. 
and they still won 11 games. And Matt earned himself a roster yeah, spot as sure a starting qu- and a huge contract yep. on another team. And that's what I'm saying. You know, in the professional football league, one thing, the national football league for sure, uh, the majority of times what you don't want to do as, as a, as a starter, is you don't want to get injured. Right. I mean, you don't want to get injured because nobody wants to be hurt. But if, if it's if it plays out the way it's supposed to be, that the next person steps in there, that next person that gets the opportunity to shine does exactly what happened with Castle. Yep. And that is he shines so well that somebody else gets a chance to see how good he is. Now, you're not going to take Tom Brady's job. No. But there's another job out there for you. And, and, and Peyton injury has provided an opportunity for somebody else to step it up, provided right. they were ready and they were prepared and they were good enough. And that's the thing about it is, you know, the talent should, there shouldn't be such a gap in between your starter and your backup. Well, you know, and I, I, I liken this back to from what I'm used to. Um, I'm used to, I grew up with the Denver Broncos, and John was the quarterback, and I never had to worry because right behind John was Gary, Gary Kubiak. Oh, yeah. And that... That was a situation where I, I feel like the Colts didn't, they don't have that situation. You're, you're right. And, and, and that generation that you're talking about, of which was my generation, uh, for us in Cleveland, when, when, when Bernie Kosar went down, then either Gary Danielson or Mike Pagel stepped in and we didn't miss a beat. Now, right. when, when Bernie you returned play, back to his health. Quarterbacks has also stayed, they stay, even the backup quarterbacks stayed with teams. They, they stayed with, and, and they stayed, but they were good. They were, they were good quarterbacks. And, and in, in Philadelphia, when, when Ron Jaworski went down, Joe Prasarsik stepped in. And, and then one other time when Ron Jaworski uh, went down, uh, Randall Cunningham stepped in. And he never relinquished that position right. again. You know, Jaws was at the, you know, at the end of his career, but Randall never relinquished that position. And so I, I believe that, again, the Indianapolis Colts, and if you want to win, there's no player. And I believe Peyton, this is, I'm going to take it to another part of a, a different kind of com- a different conversation here, uh, you know, where I guess Phil Sims had made some comments yes. about who Peyton, you know, was going to um, somehow interfere with perhaps maybe the Colts bringing in Andrew Luck. Uh, you know, those types of decisions are not made by players. No. And Peyton certainly doesn't want to do that. And that kind of goes back to, I think you started to go in the direction about the Tim Tebow and, you know, perhaps maybe what's happening up there uh, with the Broncos in terms of if they want to win. Because Peyton is on this team and he wants this team to win yes. if he's in there or not. And certainly I think that's the case in Denver, that the members of that team and that front office wants that team to win. Yes, they do. I mean, but you know, it's such a different situation up there because it from from the outside, it seems. First of all, obviously Kyle Orton was not getting it done, and you had to make some sort of a change. You know, I I feel Brady Quinn was more ready for that. Change. I mean, he's he's not really shown anything in the NFL, but I feel like he's more of an NFL ready quarterback. However, you have the fans and people buying billboards and everybody pushing for Tebow and the the stadiums filled full of Tebow jerseys. I think they got to the point where they're like, "All right, we just we're going to put him out there and everybody's going to see what we see in practice." And and Jay, you know, and it's going to be hard for me to say this, but I'm just going to speak the truth from my personal perspective. When I when I watch. Um, of course, Tim Tebow on the field, and and prior to him getting on the field, 
Brady Quinn got the opportunity because Brady in the preseason was number two. Yeah. And Brady took the field before Tim Tebow did. And when Every he, week. And when he did... He had an opportunity to show his skill set and how good he was. Remember, yep. this is another first-round draft pick, yep. and he didn't. He didn't perform well, and because he didn't perform well, then the pressure from the fans was, you know, it, it got even greater. Right. And they said, okay, well, he's not that good. Then, okay, let Tim get a chance to play. Well, and, you know, you you have to look at it. I, I think he's making $6.8 million this year, Tim Tebow. And he was the first round draft pick. They had to put him out there, just from the perspective of okay, we have him. He's on our roster. But I don't. We think, need to see what we have. But I don't think they would have had to put him out there if Brady Quinn would have no, played. No, absolutely not. If Brady, if Brady Quinn would have see, Brady stepped did, up, he, there would be no Tim Tebow. It, it, talk. It, he served an injustice to Tim Tebow because then if Tim, perhaps maybe, and I, I'm not one of those that believe that you draft any player in the first round and they, they become a project. I, I think a first-round no, player, first round player is a player not re- a project. He, he's ready to play. Yes. He, if something happens, if he doesn't start, but, but if he's a bat, he's ready to play. And so I, I really did not think that when, when Brady went down, well, when Brady stepped aside and let Tim show his skill set, I thought for sure in the second year, because I, I'm not going to accept that he's only a rookie. Right, exactly. He you're, played He played and started four games last year. And you're only a rookie one time, because yeah. as you and I talked about off the air, uh, the, the fact is that you had a whole season to learn and practice this system and to compete against other pro players in practice. And so if you didn't take it upon yourself to get better right. and to learn this system, and to shed off any talk about, you know, you're still a rookie. You're a veteran. You know, it's like high school. You know, you're only a freshman one time. After that, you feel comfortable in those hallways. Somebody else is now the freshman. Why well, did somebody try to defend him and say, you know, well, this is the second system he's been in under John Fox. And you know what, though? It, it's You still have to throw the ball. That's it doesn't change. That doesn't change from system to system. You still have to be able to throw the ball accurately and quickly enough. And your motion has to be right. And, and you said some that motion when you when you look at him, he's reverted back to the old Tim Tebow. He's throwing he de- the, he's he, throwing the ball with the wind up thing now, it, like he used to in, in college. You know, this is this is one of the ways I look at it. Um, I can't remember. I think it was Trent Dilfer. He had said that when you have played as many games, and not that it's a lot, but it's enough games to gain progress. Mm-hmm. Tim Tebow has no progress. No, and he's gone. He's digressed. It seems to be. And I look at th- I look at things that Cam Newton, Christian Ponder, um, who Blaine Gabbert, those are three rookies that are starting right now. Cam is doing a great job. I, I Christian Ponder is who doing beat Cam. Yeah, the team did. I mean, he yep. didn't he didn't outperform Cam, but the team he won. Yep. And then you know you have Blaine. You have three guys that came in. They had to learn the system in 30 days. And get out there, and now they're starting. Christian Ponder, really, his first game, they did lose to the Packers, but he did. He played a decent game. Yeah, and those three guys that you mentioned in a, in a lockout season, they look better than Tim Tebow, yeah, who's had exactly, a, and that's my point. An entire season to to get prepared. So it, I, I know it's not a thing where with the, with the peers is is not trying to bash him. They're right. just trying to acknowledge the fact that they know a little bit about football that they've been watching exactly. football for a while. And I, I want to tell you, you know, you, what the key was, I, and I got to share this with you because I know you're you're a, a Broncos fan to your heart. 
Yes. 100%. Tom Jackson would not defend Tim nope, Tebow. not at all. And Tom Jackson is good friends with, of course, his buddy John, John Elway. So you know if he's not defending, and without saying that John told me this, he had to explain to people in his own words yep. that this guy is, is not the guy. Well, you know, I take it all the way. And he knows how much John wants to win. I take it all the way back to January, the end of January. Uh, somebody asked John Elway about, because he was at the Orange Bowl, mm-hmm. watching Andrew Luck and, you know, and somebody asked him about Tim Tebow. And he flat out said that I don't think Tim Tebow is going to be an NFL quarterback. Now, quickly, Pat Bowen shut that down, and John has not said that again, but it did get out there. That was all I needed to know, is a Hall of Fame, possibly, in my eyes, one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game, if he doesn't think somebody's an NFL quarterback, I'm going to listen to him. Well, certainly that's what that Hall of Fame status says, that you are one of the best ever yeah. played the game. And I guess you're sitting across and looking at a guy in the eye who can, can kind of vouch. You can that, kind of vouch for that, that huh? That he is one of the best ever played the game. But And, and I'll say this. And, and, and I'm this is a person who, of course, I'm not playing today, but I've played against some of the best that ever played the game. i played against John Elway. i played against Warren Moon. i I played against Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Oh, yeah, Dan Marino. Dan Faust. You know, you know these are these are pure pocket quarterbacks that could throw the ball, and as as, as accurate as you could possibly be. And uh, I just it, Tim Tebow is he's kind of a throwback to some college football players. I mean, it, it reminds me of uh, it's almost like I'm watching the University of Florida when he's playing. You know, he's got the well, orange yeah. on. You know, it kind of reminds you a college football game. And I, and I, and I he reminds this, me similar to Charlie Ward from back at Florida State. But but Charlie never made it nope. to the NFL. Charlie knew he wasn't going to make it in the so NFL. So he played in the so NBA. He went to, he, exactly. And and the only thing I would say again about the whole Tim Tebow thing when I when I look at it. It, it's a little bit in my mind. I think it's a little unfair what they're doing to him because what they're doing to him is they're putting him in a position where it appears that the entire team is being sacrificed because of yeah. him, because of the the pressure of the fans, and and because of the fact that they've adapted or tried to put in together a, a, a system just to suit his needs where the other guy are not those kind of, the other three quarterbacks in your roster are not that kind of quarterback. Exactly. They had to change the whole entire system just this last week. That that tells me everything I need to know. And you, you and I talked about this on air. We went, I have a lot of people that are, oh, he was a winner at Florida. He won the Heisman Trophy. He won the national championship. He did it. I went back, and you have to go all the way back yeah. to Vinny Testaverde in the late 80s as the last Heisman Trophy winning quarterback to make it in the NFL. Now, Cam Newton, obviously, a, a little bit different, but that, t- that, that tells me a lot that just because you're a winner in college and you have that trophy and you have, it doesn't, it doesn't translate. And he was game. a great, co- I'm from Nebraska, yeah. Tommy Frazier. Eric Crouch, you know, Scott Frost, guys like that. They were great college quarterbacks. Tommy Frazier led one of the greatest college football teams in history in the 95 Huskers. Never doesn't made, tra- doesn't, doesn't translate. translate. It's, it's, it's different because when, when you're in college, again, college is, um, you, you play on teams that are put together, and, and a lot of times it's very territorial. You know, people who are from Ohio stay in Ohio. People who are from Florida stay in Florida. People who are in Texas stay in Texas. And, and, and you don't necessarily get the best of the best from the entire United States of America. Right. 
uh, on college teams. You you only get that when you get to the professional level. And and there, what happens is there are people uh, that are exposed based upon the fact of that was in college and it was not in pros. That's happened to a lot of running backs too. Yeah. that have been Heisman Trophy winners, but made you know made that transition to the National Football League, and it just doesn't work every time. Yep. And so Reggie Bush. It, it, See, but Reggie is more of a. I think that Reggie was a bigger factor when that New Orleans team went into the Superdome. Right, right. I mean, into the Super Bowl and won that championship. You know, I, even throughout that that year. I mean, his contributions yes, were major. That's true. That's very true. But 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 Tim's contributions so far. And so I I don't want to continue to bash him. I wish him well. Uh, but I, you know, I, pretty soon his and I think you told me this. Some of his teammates. Is, at least their mannerisms on the sidelines are yeah. such that okay, come on, really, because you you start looking and you start thinking, if this were me, would, would I, you know, get the same opportunities? Exactly. Would they be Would they be this patient with me? Or if I was a corner and, or, or or return specialist and I dropped three or four balls, you know, would I be there again? I, in Philadelphia, I know what happened to a guy. In a championship game, on a playoff game, you know, he dropped a couple punts, you know, a kickoff. Next thing you know, the Giants are up 21 nothing, and the next year, he, he's not an all-pro, and he's not with us anymore. And so, you know, there's only so much you really – I think this year is going to say a lot. And, and after this, they're going to make a decision. And I, I think really the decision is already made. I, I, th- I think it has been, too. I, they, they definitely know that, that Tim is not the future of the Denver Broncos. It's just a matter of now, what do you do with him? Because I, guess what else? You're not, no, nobody's going to trade for him. Well, no. At this point, you're you, you're going to no ha- you. you're going to have to cut him in the off season. Otherwise, you're going to owe him eight some million dollars. Yeah, you, well, you're going to a backup quarterback. Yeah, that's exactly. It. And it's not going to. Nobody's going to take. Nobody's. You can't trade for him. I mean, why? I mean, really think about it. Who? You know, he's. If, if it were possible, they had the three quarterbacks on the roster beginning of the year, of which you know, two of them had been starters. Uh, Brady Quinn it was a starter with Cleveland for a per, for a period of time, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll definitely. It's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. Uh, with that, we are going to take another break right here, and I think we're gonna we're gonna bring up that LSU Alabama game coming up because I know Mac would be mad if we didn't bring it up. <laughs> Got to bring up that SEC football. You're listening to Hard Hitting Radio on Voice America Sports. flagship station for sports voice america sports okay sports fans here's your opportunity to discuss football america's favorite sport on an annual basis millions of people attend watch and listen to football both pro and college ray ellis sports an internet talk radio show was developed with the fan in mind Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. 
Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the off-season, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz is heard every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports... You're listening to Hard Hitting Radio with Mark McMillan and Byron Evans. To get your voice in on the discussion, call right now, toll free to 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can get to Mark by email. Drop an email to Mark at MarkMcMillanSports.com. Now, back to Hard Hitting Radio. Hey everybody, what's up? We're here for the last segment of Hard Hitting Radio. You got me, Jay, over here, and uh, Ray Ellis. Over Jay and Ray, Ray. Jay, and Jay Ray. Ray. I like it. I like it. Um, man, big college football game this week. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I I have to give it up to these guys, but it you know it's it's one of the things. Every now and then, you would hope that you get this kind of matchup, but you know, does it go downhill from here? Because you you got what they're going to call some people's label is the the greatest college game of, of, of this century and uh, we're only you know what a decade into it but, yeah but but certainly um, there's there's a lot at stake here that definitely there and, definitely and, is and, and I'll tell you what in my opinion depending upon how good this game is it, this happened a few years ago in the Big Ten Ohio State and Michigan was the one and two and Ohio State, and that, I think we might have went to overtime or something like that I'm not so sure that depending upon how good these two teams play, that perhaps maybe they might switch positions. I, I was thinking that I was actually thinking the same thing because I, I was reading. But up do on they some drop stuff. that far? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think how you, far? I mean, you can't. It, it depends upon how good the game is, how competitive the game is. I wasn't so sure if I had a vote that I if they, if they played that well. I, I, okay, whoever if, if if Alabama wins, which right now LSU has won. Yeah, LSU was one, Alabama was two. Alabama was two. And if Alabama were to beat LSU and it was to be a very close game and went down to the wire and it was a field goal, I'd just flip it. I I think you flip it because number three is – who is number three right now? Uh, Oklahoma lost, so they dropped down. They dropped down. Oklahoma State is four. Um, No matter matter who is three, I don't think think you can – I don't think you can do that. Well, no. You know, especially if it's a close game. Yeah, and I, I'm going to agree with you. If, if it's a close game, and I think that's what the fans want to see, uh, I, I think, you know. And you, you know, gotta, the one thing that you do have there. to watch, it, Oklahoma State at four. They're playing number 19, Kansas State. And if they come out and really blow Kansas State away, they might get a little bit of a consideration. You know, I, uh, I think it might be Boise State that's three. 
Well, and boys, and we all we already know that's suspect, you know, because and we, we, and we, we talked to Mac and I talked about that one week. You know, we thought the same exact thing. Uh, and it, okay, right now we have LSU, Alabama, Oklahoma State, Stanford, and Boise. Yeah, and see, Stanford's trying to creep up in there. A lot of people yeah, want are. to see Stanford. Yeah, but you know, we got to think about this. When's the last time that Stanford? I mean, Stanford's been competitive. But do you really, and when you're talking about college football, and think about a national champion, do you ever think about Stanford? I just, no, I just and, don't. No, and you know what I see being, you know, an Arizona State person, Even a Pac-12 Pac person, uh, this is what I see Pac-12 from it. now, right. That's great that Stanford's up there, and I think part of the reason that Stanford is still up there is because of Andrew mm-hmm. Luck. I really feel that Oregon is still that team in the Pac-12 North that you have to you have to watch out for, it. and they're going to get Michael James back. They're they're almost like the Dallas Cowboys of the NFC East. Exactly, they're they're they're, they're America's team, I and mean, and we'll know next week because they play each other. And Oregon, yeah, Oregon has just and and I and in my mind, I think Oregon has kind of replaced USC as the top the team in in the Pac-12. You know, USC. I, used to I, be I would agree. The dominant player, but consistently that in the past decade, Oregon has always been a threat to to be you know as a, a national contender and USC has kind of fallen off yeah. a little bit you know it could have be because of the Reggie Bush thing right, because right, Pete Carroll's left you know those types of things but they just seem to have a possess and I believe it could be they when you watch them play it's almost like they play in a, they got a sixth gear everybody else Ex- got, exactly. got five gears they got six gears but you want to know that sixth gear they make it look so easy. They make easy. it look like they're playing on a playground. They got the best sprinters in the world on their football yeah, team. Yeah, they do. It looks like. Yeah. yeah it, I mean, you take Michael James out, fine. You got, you know, Kenyon Barnes doing the exact same thing. You know, you you take out Darren Thomas and they bring in the second quarterback and he rolls over Arizona State in that game. And and kind of going back, you know, that's the same thing I was talking about should happen in the pros, you know. And so yeah. when Peyton comes out, a quarterback should step in and not not miss a beat, right. you know. But uh, I, I'm going to go back and I'm going to think about the one and two situation because when you take Oklahoma State and if they're number three and Oklahoma State becomes number two, I mean, who is the United States of America going to be excited to see Oklahoma State play a national championship game against Alabama? No, I, I, I don't LSU? think so at all. It's not no glamour. It's not sexy at all. Well, I think when I if think when Oklahoma, it, yes, 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 but Oklahoma State. But I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma is going to they'll play each other and they're going to have it. They're going to have it. Oklahoma have a chance to jump over the top of them. Well, but I well, think well, wait, wait, wait. Now we've got how many teams undefeated teams do we have out there? There is uh, there is only LSU, Alabama, Oklahoma State, and Stanford. That's it. And so you got to think about it. Then what you've got to do is the two undefeated teams would have to play in terms of a national championship game. Well, what if this happens? L- LSU and Alabama. Obviously, one of those guys is going to take each other out. Then Oklahoma State loses to Oklahoma. Stanford then loses to Oregon. You only have one other undefeated team left to play LSU or Alabama, and that is Boise State. And and see. And you're going to have a nation divided of the people that think Boise State belongs there, and they're going to win the game. And then you're going to have the rest of us that are going to be like, "Good, it's about time people finally see what." Okay, happens. well, let's play this scenario. Out. Suppose Oklahoma State ends up playing Boise. Does anybody want to see that? Nobody outside of Stillwater and <laughs> Boise. <laughs> that's that's for sure. But 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 you hear, there, there are people out there that say they're tired of seeing the same old teams play. I mean, is, could this be good for college football if Boise were to play Oklahoma State? I, I don't think it would be good 
for the... I don't think it would be good for the ratings. Exactly. You're right. I don't think it would be good for the ratings. I think I think people would like to... You those, know, small mar- think, those are very small markets. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I think a lot of people think right now what's going to happen is you could very easily see a LSU Alabama rematch. Well, I, well, that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of pushing for and that's why I'm asking, hey, if, regardless of who wins and who loses. You know, it's it's crazy cuz both of these teams have they haven't played for 2 weeks. So, you've had 2 weeks of hype. It's almost like it's leading up to the Super Bowl with your the, the week off and, you know, and everything and But what are we in week we, so we This is week, week 10. Week 10. Yeah. of 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 11 Season, uh, no, 12. They 12, got 12, 12 weeks. Th- yeah. They got 12 weeks to get 11 games in, I believe, yeah. you know. And, and, and so. Well, no, they got, because of bye weeks where they spread it out to like the, the last, they last got 13 week in November. Weeks? Yeah, they go. And then well, you have yeah, the Well, yeah, you got championships yeah. now, right. And, and, but when you think about it, 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 we're trying to make a case, and this is making a case for a playoff series. I agree. You know, this I is, agree. this is making a case because, you know, one loss should not totally knock you out of the picture in college football. Not when the teams are going to be this this good, and and so it, it it's almost like, you know, you hope that it's a great game. You hope that okay, this team that does lose because somebody's going to lose, um, that they find a way back in the picture. But sometimes. It depends upon when you lose. Yep. See, it might have been better for Oklahoma to lose when they lost. Yeah. And they may be able to work themselves yep. back into the picture, and Alabama or LSU may may miss out on it. And that's a shame because uh, at least I, I really the think they, they are two year. of the the two best. This teams is this is this, this is the is. national championship game. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, we may not get this game back. That's how come everybody hopes it's going to be that good. Right. Because this is the national championship game, and, and it just so happens that the way the schedules. You know, were structured. They both had that bye week that you talked about. Yeah. They had it, and and thank goodness they lived up to the hype that everybody thought it would be. That man, wouldn't it be nice going into that bye week if they both were undefeated, ready to play each other? There you go. Is that up? And I'll tell you what, this game is amazing because I I don't know the last time it, it you had two teams with the defenses that these two teams have. Alabama, I don't think has the best defense in the nation. I think they have one of those defenses. This is a once in a generation type defense. Wow. They are num- they are number 1 in rush defense, pass efficiency defense, total defense, scoring defense. They've only given up 6 offensive touchdowns and in 8 games 359 yards rushing. That's it. LSU's defense top 5 in 4 of the major categories. And they've committed, they've turned 18 turnovers. This team's got. That just tells me you got two coaches that believe in defense. Those oh, are two yeah. guys that believe that. There's no doubt about it that you know defense is going to win a game for you. You're going to have to stop yep. the other team. I mean, regardless of you, I don't care how many points you put on the board. If the other team can match you point for point, it's not going to do any good. You, you've got to have some studs out there to play ball. And and that's, in my opinion, what separates. If you look at the SEC and and really what is it? That makes them uniquely different than other conferences. To me, it's the men in the trenches that are bigger and faster. It, you know, speed is speed. So every conference, you're going to have uh, the skill position players that are quick and right. fast. Th- that you have. But even when you look at Oregon, you know, who we talked about, that the speed of their offense, that sixth gear, 
their defensive guys don't play ball the way they play at LSU. No, and, they and do in Alabama. You know, those guys. It's, are a just, diff- it's definitely a different yes. breed. I mean, you have the best cornerback in the nation again because they had Patrick Peterson last year is from LSU, and that's uh, Morris Claiborne. And I think to me the matchup of the day is watching him go against Marquise Mays, the wide receiver from Alabama. I think that could have a big factor in the game. And I think that there's a lot of hype on Trent Richardson. And I think he is the real deal running back. And I I even said last year, this dude is better than Mark Ingram. Yeah, but I think one thing, you you talk about key matchups. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it's going to be Alabama's defense against LSU's offense because, remember, they're, they're, they're actually preparing for two offensive, the fact that they've got two, two quarterbacks. quarterbacks. So they've got two. Yeah. So that makes it, you know, double jeopardy in terms of preparing. And two guys that, that got damn good skills, yeah. you know. And so that, that, make, that really is going to show you how good this Alabama defense is if they're able to shut down both right. offensive that LSU will put forth. You know, I, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, Jordan Jefferson's such a different style of quarterback. And it's, I, I love college football. I, I, and everybody that knows me knows I'm Sundays, I'm a big NFL football fan, but I, I love college football probably more than anything just because of growing up in Nebraska and that atmosphere and these type of things. I, I've, I've got, I've been lucky enough. I got to go to a game. At in Baton Rouge, wow. it was when Florida was number one. They came in, and I got to see a game in that stadium. I got to stand there with watching these guys walk through that the crowd of people. When they come out of the tunnel, it's like an earthquake, and it's just it's the coolest. Southeast Conference football is so cool. Did the tiger growl at you? Did you see, did you see the tiger? I didn't get close enough to the tiger. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> No, I didn't get close enough to the Tigers. You know, it's interesting. I didn't get a chance to see the entire piece, but but I saw, and I think the piece was either, boy, for some reason or another, I I, I want to think it might have been Bill Belichick, and and Bill Belichick just you know some of the things that you said right there, it, because what you have to do is those sports enthusiasts like yourself and myself, as you describe something, I pictured what you were describing. And and I remember, and I think it was Bill Belichick, Bill talked about when his dad was a coach at Navy, and he used to spend time with his dad. It was the generation of which the guys wore, the cleats they wore had metal things on the bottom of them, and, and they were, we called them spikes. Yep. And, and, and when they would walk the sound, across the cement, the sound. The sound. Oh, I can hear that that's sound the, right I'm, now. See, and, that's, and that just adds to the effect of yep. a game. And, and I... I was privileged, I'm going to say, this summer to spend some time at uh, on the campus of LSU. And I, I I didn't get a chance to see the stadium with the crowd in the stadium, but I pictured the crowd. I, I, I didn't get a chance to see the but the tiger was in his cage, and I saw the tiger. And I, I'm just imagining everybody before a game getting a chance to look at him. There's just something about sports that, particularly football, when it's a big game and it, and 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 just the anticipation of that game and picturing how There's that game is going like to. It. It's nothing like it, and it's like I'm getting fired up right here, just wishing that I could play. And I'm just I had goosebumps <laughs> when I was telling you about that. And I'm not even an LSU or a Florida fan, but, and I got goosebumps. But that's just something special about football, and so I just hope that these guys. I wish them well. It's good for college football 
when the game lives up to the hype. hype. And you and I have been hyping it up. Yep, we have. And and and, and so now I'm going to ask you as we close out, Jay. Ooh. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to give me some points. You got to tell me who's going to win. I think that Alabama's defense is going to step up and I actually going I think you're going to see something like a 24 to 13 ball game. Wow. Well, I tell you what. When I'm going to do it, and listen, I'm a Nick Saban man. You know, he's he, he I'm the man that I am because, you know, Nick helped shape and mold me. And, and he's a very intense ball player. And when he walked into that living room and, 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 and that show, the blind side, that's Nick Saban. That's yep. how he walks into a house. And, and he doesn't change. He's consistent. And, 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 and so is the man across from him. That's my same thing, consistent. Yep. His team's going to show up. They're going to be prepared. They're going to play a damn good football game. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the game is where? It's in Alabama. In Alabama. That is not an easy place to play. That's not an easy place to play. And it's kind of hard to walk into another man's house yep. and take it over. So I'm going to go with you. Mac, I'm with you, man. Roll we'll Tide. Roll with you, Mac. <laughs> thanks, for having, thanks for letting me fill in. Ray Ellis, it was an honor and a pleasure being able to do this show with you this week. No problem, Jay. Anytime. All right, you guys take care. I want to give a quick shout-out to my boy Jonathan Drubner from ESPN Road Trip and my girl Chelsea from Out of Bounds. This is hard-hitting radio on Voice America Sports. Peace. Go Bucks. That's another show. Thanks again for joining Mark McMillan and Byron Evans for Hard Hidden Radio. Come back and we'll do it again next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Put them up, tighten up. We some hard hitters. Walk back, Billy. My man Byron Evans. He give you for reason to do it every Friday evening. Ain't nobody leaving. Hit these special feelings. We're bringing the cutting edge. Season. Feelings are long. Show them how it's done. We're on. Voice America.